Podcast Answer Man, episode number 369. Entertaining, educational, and encouraging content that makes a difference. This is GSPN.TV. Join the community. Hey, this is Chris Brogan from ChrisBrogan.com, and you're listening to the Podcast Answer Man. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Podcast Answer Man. My name is Cliff Ravenscraft, and this, my friends, is the podcast devoted to taking your message, your business, and your life to the next level. That's right. It does not matter if you are brand new to this online content creating world that we live in, or if you've been creating content for many years, there's something we can all do to take everything we do in life to the next level. And taking things to the next level is what things are all about. That's what I like to help people do. No matter where you are, you can start today and take one step further. And uh, today what I plan on doing is giving you a lot of content and I'm going to hopefully be able to wrap it up in a 60-minute episode and that's why we're not going to play around here. But I do want to start things off with a couple of announcements. Uh, They're kind of little news items that I... I uh, recently picked up over the course of the last couple days, and some of these are a few weeks old now, but uh, the w- one thing that just jumped right out at me is uh, this week, I think it was Tuesday or Wednesday, Justin.TV shut down without any notice. Now, I realize that uh, Justin.TV is a video streaming service, but it is yet another service that has been purchased by another company. There are rumors that at least uh, Justin.TV which rebranded itself to Twitch.tv, which uh, Twitch is their very popular uh, brand that took off for streaming video games, what they call Let's Play games or whatever. Anyway, uh, there's rumors that Google has purchased Twitch.tv, and um, as a result of that, for whatever reason, and without much explanation, Justin.tv was abruptly taken offline. And in fact, I have a little couple little notes here. One of the things is that they have no video archives available. So if you were somebody who were, let's just say, using uh, justin.tv to broadcast your live streams of your podcast, I I stream my podcast live to an internet audience using ustream.tv. And um, I now I don't actually rec- have ustream.tv record my content, but there is that functionality. There's that ability to do so. But here's here's the one takeaway that I think is important with this announcement, and that is if you're using a service out there that is free, there is a very good chance that you have no expectation that they're going to do things um, that that are in your benefit if and when they ever decide that they need to shift their focus, whatever that may be. So if you're using a free service that you are not paying for, there's really no, uh, there's no, maybe there's a social obligation. I think there was a little bit of a social obligation for Justin.TV to, to give their content providers a notice that says, hey, you know, we're going to give you a week. We're going to give you two weeks, at least in the past. Uh, in some of the cases where some podcasting hosts uh, like Podango and Oh, I can't think of the other names of them right now. But anyway, there are a couple services out there. In the past. Oh, and, and Mevio, Podshow. 
Uh, There are a couple examples of podcasting, audio hosting services that had shut down, and they only gave you a two-week notice. And we thought, man, that was bad. But now here you have this uh, very popular service. I would say Justin.TV was quite a bit more popular than Poddango and Mevio. And, And yet all of these hundreds of thousands of content, streaming content providers all of a sudden, they log in one day and boom, it's gone without any notice. So there's not just the fact that, wow, I had an entire group of people who were following me on the service. They're no longer following me there. So a takeaway is that don't build your following. Don't rely on that service for con- con- connection to or for the ability to communicate with those who are following you. Now, for example, I, I believe there's the ability, actually I know for a fact there's ability, for you to become a uh, Ustream.tv user. And if you're a Ustream.tv user and you were to actually find my, uh, my account with Ustream on the Ustream server, there's the ability for you to quote unquote follow my show. And if you follow my show, one of the things that will happen is every time I go live, you'll get an email notification saying, hey, Cliff Ravenscraft just went live. Uh, Click here for a link to the live stream. I know this because I follow my own show and I get those emails every time I go live. But the reality is, is that some content creators out there rely on those notification services. They try to build their following there and they want to increase the number of followers. And what Justin.TV says is they they say, you know, what's going to happen to the people that I follow? Well, first of all, they say, well, you can click here if you want to, and you can move your content, your account, not your content, you can move your account over to Twitch. And and the question was, well, if the people who were following me on, on Justin.TV, will they also be following me on, on Twitch? And they say, well, first and foremost, please understand this, the only thing we allow on Twitch is video gaming content. We do not allow your streaming of your podcast about podcasting, for example. We don't allow any of those other things. Uh, but if you move your account over and all your fo- and, and, and a follower who was following you on Justin.tv moves their account over to Twitch.tv, then they'll still be following you. Otherwise, they're gone. And then, of course, everybody was asking, what about all the things that you guys have been recording? So what I'm doing right now is I am broadcasting live on Ustream.tv. And I have mentioned in several episodes my recent foray into, uh, you know, taking my live streaming to the next level and also taking my YouTube presence to the next level by recording these uh, live broadcasts and putting them on my YouTube channel, which has been going extremely well, several hundred views per episode. I've got a couple of episodes of Podcast Answer Man that have had 600, 700, 800 uh, views per episode, and uh, that's pretty cool. It's additional eyeballs that I may not have had otherwise. But the reality is, is that um, Ustream has this ability for me to not have this software that allows me to record. They have this ability for me to allow Ustream to record it on their end and to archive these episodes on their end. And yes, there's some. There used to be, and I'm not sure if it's still there, but there used to be the ability for you to click a button and it would upload it to YouTube for you. But a lot of people, even today, use Ustream. They stream to Ustream and they have Ustream record everything and they display everything as far as their archives on Ustream, but they don't have local copies themselves. 
And the big takeaway here is make sure that if you want this content to be available tomorrow, next week, next month, next year, or 10 years from now, make sure that you have your own copies of the original recordings. And so that's one of the things that I have always done with my audio files. Obviously, I record everything locally and then I upload them to the services and and I keep local copies and I keep even backups of backups of my local copies. And I encourage you to do that not just with your audio, but if you are going to rely on the ability for people to watch your streaming video content from these services, even Ustream, I encourage you to make sure that you have local versions of those just in case they go away. And you might be thinking, well, that's, you know, not a big deal. Um, I put everything on YouTube as well. And YouTube, I, I'm pretty sure they're never going to go away. Well, uh, you, could, you should go see what happened to Sir Fedora, which is a young little boy who has a YouTube channel that uh, uh, has an interesting story that I'm not going to go into great detail now. But his YouTube account was hacked and they deleted all of his videos. Now, he eventually was able to uh, get his account back, but they were not able to recover his videos. And instead, he I think he re-uploaded them, lost all the view counts and all those other things. But he had to put that, that information back online. So definitely make sure that you are keeping local copies. And also, make sure that when you have somebody who's viewing your content on a third-party service, especially those that are free, especially those that are free, don't rely on that service as a means of communicating with those people. Get them onto your mailing list. Get Try to connect with them. Uh, get them to follow you on Twitter and Facebook. And uh, But more than anything, get them onto your mailing list. Get them into, and for me, get them subscribed to your podcast RSS feed. But certainly make sure that you have some way of communicating to that audience. If for some reason they go, let's just say you record every Thursday at 2 p.m. Eastern time, like I do, and all of a sudden they come to your live show, or they go to log into the service, and they go to the same profile page that has always been there, and then boom, you're not there. Now, let me ask you this. What do you think would happen if Ustream.tv was to all of a sudden, let's just say it's Thursday morning, I wake up, I come down into the studio, and I'm ready to get things set up, and all of a sudden I notice that, wow, Ustream just said that they're gone. Uh, They're no longer doing these things anymore, and you have to find something somewhere else. Would I lose anything? I wouldn't, because here's what I have been doing, and, and this is something to consider as well, and that is that you can create a page on your own website. For example, mine is podcastanswerman.com slash live. And I created just a plain HTML page. It's got a little fake header at the top. And well, it's actually a real header, but it's not really the header from my website. It's it's just a little image there. And then I have a table with four cells in it. And the table to the, the cell to the top left has a embedded version of my live video stream from YouTube or from Ustream, I mean. And so I'm, I'm that, you know, people are coming to this page and this page is telling the top left cell to have to play this embedded video. And then the cell over to the top right has my chat room, which is currently run by, oh, what's the name of the service? It is um, uh, Chatwing, C-H-A-T-W-I-N-G at chatwing.com. 
And then right below the the chat room on the right-hand side is a little sign-up form for my mailing list, which, by the way, I just added today. I can't believe I haven't had that on my live streaming page all this time. But now there's an email opt-in form, which, by the way, those of you who are on my live show streaming page right now, if you guys are not on my mailing list and you'd like to be notified the next time I have a product or service available, up, updates to new tutorials and stuff like that, that's what I put out on my mailing list. It's not necessarily a newsletter, uh, but when I have something to sell and and a product or service to offer, that's that's where I let people know. Or if there's a big announcement such as, hey, this just happened and I want to let you know. Um, that If you want to be up to date with all the things going on here in my space, my world, that's where the mailing list is uh, comes in handy. Anyway, and then over on the bottom left-hand cell of the page, there's a live show schedule that tells you when I'm broadcasting live, which, by the way, I'll be in Dallas, Texas next week, so there won't be live broadcasts uh, here from the studio. But if Ustream went away, all I do is I go into my HTML code and pull out the embed from the embed code from Ustream.tv, and maybe I put Livestream in there, which is another streaming service, or maybe YouTube Live or a Google, Google Hangout on Air. There's all kinds of other options, all kinds of other services, and what happens is that doesn't change the behavior of or the habits of the people who follow my content. Instead, they know on Thursdays they're conditioned in a way to come to podcastanswerman.com slash live. And so many people would not even recognize that there is any difference. If Ustream wasn't there, if, if, if the video was streaming from Livestream uh, instead of Ustream or YouTube instead of Ustream, Many people wouldn't notice it unless I mentioned it. Um, it I mean, yeah, the, it's probably got some branding on the player, but but chances are most people would not even recognize it if I didn't mention it. Same thing is true with my chat room. What if my chat room, all of a sudden, the chat wing says, hey, we're going out of business and we're shutting everything down. Well, there's I go over to chat roll or some other chat, you know, chat tango, and I pull out the embed code from the chat room and put a new one in. And it's not a big deal. So as much as you can, bring people to your website, to your home on the web, rather than sending people out to all of these other third-party services. And just know that, um, you know, just because a service is popular, has hundreds of thousands, if not millions of users, it doesn't mean that one day you just, without any notice, no longer have access to it. So keep all of that in mind. Another quick announcement here is my great friend Daniel Lewis from mypodcastreviews.com uh, wanted me to let you guys know, or actually he just let me know, and I want to let you know what he told me, that he now has a completely 100% free option for his podcast reviews service. So uh, basically he says you can now use my podcast reviews for free. The free plan gives you your latest 30 iTunes reviews and emails you monthly all for one podcast. So if you have a single podcast and you want to get the most recent 30 iTunes reviews and then on a monthly basis you get an email once a month with any new reviews as they come in, uh, then you can do that for free now. It doesn't cost you anything. Head over to mypodcastreviews.com. Of course, there are some premium options out there that you can choose and if you want to support the ongoing development of mypodcastreviews.com for Daniel Lewis, you can certainly look at those opportunities as well. 
All right, uh, another news item here. Instapaper founder uh, launches Overcast, an application for smarter podcasts is what he says. Now, I brought this up because um, I think it's great that there are more and more people out there in the mainstream who are getting some attention for the products that they're creating related to podcasting. Uh, You know, I looked, I downloaded Overcast, I saw... Uh, why he created this application, and he had two, he had two different things that he really felt were unaddressed by other uh, podcasting applications. One is he noticed that some people have really loud and clear audio uh, that is robust and and you know it, it's it's loud as it can be without being distorted. And and that's fine and good. And then there are some podcasts out there that, you know, for whatever reason, they're just not aware how to adjust volume levels and they record everything and they put out an MP3 file where their volume level is about 25 decibels below what Podcast Answer Man or some other shows out there are. And to be able to hear them, you have to crank it up really loud. And he was tired of riding the volume control, so he created a free a feature inside of this Overcast application that it does live audio compression, and it actually causes files that are louder to or softer to be boosted up in volume, and ones that are louder to be put, you know, kind of down. and And from one episode or from one podcast to the next, the volume levels are relatively consistent. Um, I've not noticed this to be too big of a deal myself. I personally have just found that if a podcast isn't produced with sufficient audio levels, I just don't subscribe to it. Uh, so that's how I've gotten over that kind of problem. But uh, uh, certainly if you're looking into the issue that he is, you've got this issue for yourself, then you may want to check out uh, Overcast. And also he has, you know, he's concerned about these podcasts that go on and on and on. And he says, I don't really like the double speed or the, you know, two two or three times speed because uh, it changes the pitch sometimes. And what he came up with was this idea of uh, dynamically adjusting the uh, the playback speed or the, the duration of files uh, by removing silence. So if all of a sudden I would stop talking for just a second like this, if you were listening to me right now using Overcast and you had that feature turned on, all of those places where I just spoke would have been, all that all that silence would have been taken out. I personally, I despise that idea, but here's the thing. I'm excited that Overcast is an application uh, created by somebody who, Instapaper is a pretty well-known um, app in the, in the online space. And so the fact that this guy uh, is so passionate about podcasts that he'd be willing to create an, a, a, a premium podcasting application that met his specific desires, I think it's wonderful. Uh, it certainly got a lot of buzz online. And uh, anything that gets a lot of buzz related to podcasting, I think, can be great overall for everyone. Even if I personally don't feel like it solves a problem that I've I've personally felt. But it, if those things sound interesting to you, go check it out. Uh, the application is free, but if you want to be able to use those two premium features, you can try them out for free for a specific length of time during the playback of episodes. Uh, and if you find that those are worthwhile to you, you can pay a one-time 
in-app purchase, I think, of five bucks. So anyway, that's Overcast, and you can find it in the iOS app store. Um, one other source here, or one other story here, Apple buys the Swell podcast application. The Swell podcast application was supposed to be, it was touted as the Pandora radio for podcasts. I can't begin to tell you how many times I've heard of people saying they wish they had the Pandora radio for podcasts, and I don't see the 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 draw for this, and maybe you do have a desire for such a uh, a feature, but Man, I I think podcasting is, it it's not something that I'm just going to say. Okay, I like this genre. Now just play me a random episode of somebody else's podcast, and I might like it. Maybe maybe there's value in that. But anyway, that's what that's what this thing was designed to be. But honestly, Swell was less than impressive. If now if you're an NPR junkie, then absolutely you you had to have loved Swell because it would just randomly select all this public radio uh, podcasting content. Was there some stuff that was more than just uh, public radio? Yeah, but it was mostly public radio. It, it, it you know, it, their podcast content. And I just, it, it, I tried it for a long time and it just was not for me. I didn't think it was all that impressive of an application, although I will tell you that Apple decided to purchase the the product and well swell shut down now i think the company had raised 7.2 million dollars in venture funding and i believe that they sold it to apple for about 30 million dollars but the application itself was um, shut down and i think that they want to bring in some of that that uh recommendation engine kind of functionality into some of the things that apple's doing And I do think that Apple is doing some interesting things and especially related to podcasting. So if nothing else, I think this could be an indication of some pretty significant news coming from Apple in future, uh, I I would say probably another year down the road, I think we're going to see something interesting from Apple related to uh, podcast content creator uh, from from our perspective, it, it's going to be. I, I believe they're they're actually going to come out with some interesting ways for podcasters to monetize content. I don't have any specific person that I can say I've spoken to at Apple to to tell you that that's the case. But my feeling is that they're going to have an option. And this is just a prediction of mine. But within the next within the next two to three years. I would say that Apple's going to have a way for you to host your podcast with Apple if you'd like. And if you choose to do so, people can uh, subscribe to that just like you could subscribe to a TV show. Uh, and people can pay to subscribe to your content. And it will be hosted in their uh, data facility so that they can make sure that that content's always available to be streamed and, and made available once people have purchased it. All of that stuff. I, I think that that's really something coming down the road. I don't know if you've heard that anywhere else, but uh, that there are a couple patents that I've seen that Apple has filed and and just some other things that I think that are coming. Uh, that, that I, I definitely see them making some inroads and taking further interest, deeper interest in podcasts themselves. And then uh, one other thing that I'll share here, and then I've got a special segment for you today is uh, a great resource for podcasters and business people alike 
who are traveling. Now, many of you who are listening to my voice, we're going to see each other in Dallas, Texas for the podcast movement. I am so excited about that. And one of the things that uh, you will probably be doing is staying in a hotel. And as a content creator and somebody who is very tech savvy, I would imagine that you're going to hope that the hotel that you'll be staying in has great Wi-Fi, that they they will be able to allow you to stream and, and to stay connected, upload your content, your your interviews that you're going to be working on, all of those different things. And a new resource, resource that I've heard about is called HotelWiFiTest.com. Again, this is HotelWiFiTest.com. So, for example, what I can do is I can go here and I can type in Dallas, Texas, United States, and it will pull up all the hotels, well, many of the hotels in Dallas, and it is actually going to give you a, uh, a breakdown of how fast the, what, uh, what you can expect as far as what the Wi-Fi is concerned. Now, I'm going to type in Weston, and I wonder if, I, if they have Galleria. Here's the Weston Galleria Dallas, and the expected speed for uh, paid Wi-Fi is 8.1 megabits per second. It says this is an estimation, not actual testing. To, uh, no actual testing took place. Uh, and so there you go. Their score, they actually have score from 314 reviews is a 4.6. So it looks like they've had some people that have stayed there. And if from what I remember, there is a way that some of these you can actually see what people actually did get. And you can run the test and then submit what your result, what your real results are. So this is relatively new. It's hotelwifitest.com. And if you're looking to book a hotel reservation in the future, uh, you may want to check out Hotel Wi-Fi Test before you book that room. All right, my friends, it is time now for a segment on Podcast Answer Man, which I'll tell you, it's been a long time coming. I don't know how this happened, but uh, for whatever reason, Eric Fisher and I have not talked in a very long time, but he has been standing by our social media correspondent here at podcastanswerman.com and gspn.tv, Eric Fisher. Eric, how's it going, my friend? It's going good, but man, I was wondering if you were going to ever take me off mute. I've been standing here for months. For months, I know. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot you were there. Yeah, well, you know. What's been going on, Eric? It's been so long. I mean, gosh, I feel like I might even have to introduce you as as a, as so many new people have come on board since uh, we've last had you on. Yeah, and you're the podcast answer man, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. Okay, exactly. good. Good to meet you. So what's new in your world? Just real quick <sighs> so people can catch up. I know many people have, have certainly missed hearing your voice on the show. Well, uh, truthfully, the reason I've not been on the show much is because I've actually been working more in social media. I've been locked in the social media experiments lab for social media examiner. Our friend Michael Stelzner uh, has me doing work for him. So excellent. I've been (laughs) testing and retesting and trying and, you know, and community managing. In fact, if you check my Twitter bio, it now says community manager at social media examiner. That is awesome, my friend. So congratulations on that. I I have been seeing you very active uh, in the social media examiner brand, and I'm certainly uh, thankful to hear that, uh, you know, they've got somebody like you on the team. So awesome stuff, my friend. It's fun. It's exciting. I'm learning things and trying things and 
so yeah it's been great well that's one i'm one of the reasons why i'm excited about the fact that you know with you know you leaving your job at the university and then you know striking it out on your own i'm so thankful to hear that you have this position within um within social media examiner because it, it as the social media uh evangelist here for podcast answer man <laughs> if you will uh w- we keep up to date on what's going on with the latest and greatest in the world of twitter facebook linkedin google what's that thing called plus google plus i think google plus yeah yeah so anyway i must tell you that i have not been keeping up with the latest things related to uh some of these services because we haven't talked in so long and i want to know a little bit more about this twitter analytics and i think we we're going to talk about something else as well yeah, so uh, this has actually been one of the primary things that I've been doing was to work with the Social Media Examiner Twitter account, and that's SME Examiner. <laughs> that's not the way to put it. It's <laughs> SM Examiner. So, and what's great is is that there's so many followers of that account, and it's grown, you know, by thousands and thousands of followers since I've been working with it. What's cool is that prior to um, Twitter announcing that even people who weren't doing paid ads or uh, you know promoted tweets or anything like that, um, you could access by going through ads.twitter.com and you could see your backend analytics. Well, just recently they've done some revamping to the Twitter analytics background information of what you see, what you get, what they offer, but they also have included now the ability for everyone to have access to that that uh, data. Okay, so tell me what are so what are Twitter analytics for? What are they displaying? Well, if you go to analytics.twitter.com and you're logged into your Twitter account, it's going to tell you one, it's going to start listing off all your tweets. It's going to, you can also select tweets and replies. So you can also see when you're replying to somebody else, which again, we know the importance of that. We've had whole conversations on the social aspect of social media. And then you can also click promoted, but I don't have any of those. I'm in my personal account. And then you've got impressions, engagements, and engagement rate. Now, engagement rate is probably not something that the the average user is really going to look at. You're probably going to look more at impressions and engagements. What, well, tell me, what is an engagement rate? Well, I mean, it's it <laughs> essentially like, so for example, here's a tweet that had 477 impressions and eight engagements. So the engagement rate is the what percent of... The people did something are from that impression. So those impressions. Just before we hit record on the show today, I took a panogra- a panoramic uh, view from my seat in my studio because I have one, two, three, four, one, two, three, four, five. I have six softbox uh, softbox lights in my studio, all shining this bright light onto me. And so I took this panoramic view and I put it on Twitter. And I basically put a view from my seat. It's had 177 impressions since I put it on, 18 engagements, and therefore it's got 10.2%. So 10.2% of the impressions generated, uh, uh, 18, it inge- okay, out of 177 impressions, 18 of those impressions let, led to some sort of engagement. 
Yes. And engagement is a retweet, a repl- uh, an app mention slash reply, or I guess those are the only two things. It's actually more than that. Oh, okay. Please tell me. Here, let's, well, let's start with impressions real quick and then we'll move over to engagement. Okay. Because impressions is the new thing. Before this point in time, as of maybe a few weeks ago, this is the literal, we've always wondered, well, how many people are seeing my tweets? You remember that? Oh, yeah. That's what the impressions are. So Twitter now knows how many times your tweet, now again, (laughs) if somebody's just scrolling through their timeline and your tweet goes through, it counts as an impression. Huh. Even if they didn't, you know, read it. Right. But at least they know now and can, and are serving that data up to you which is i mean that that is good because sure you might get a couple false positives if they've just right. scrolled past you but the reality is is if all of a sudden let's just say somebody's following somebody who's following you if they follow you know 3000 people and you tweeted 45 minutes ago if they just pull out their phone right now and look at twitter chances are they're never seeing your tweet because it was 45 minutes ago and there are thousands of other people who have tweeted since then mm-hmm. and yours is just you know it's just in the past yeah so so now you're getting real impressions now is this also now obviously if i i would imagine they're going to be able to tell if i use the official twitter app and if I'm using the website and stuff like this, but TweetBot is what I used. Uh, so Eric, if you were to post something on Twitter and I see it or don't see it on my TweetBot application, is the API capturing that information as well? That's a great question. In fact, I'm trying to Google that because I did not anticipate that question and that's a great question. Um, so I'm going to have to <laughs> sure. get you a better answer on that I, because I do know that uh, a different feature that we're talking. I would have to guess that because it's through an API, it's counting it. I would have to think that anywhere your tweet ends up becoming visible, it registers to Twitter itself. But I'm not 100% certain on that. Okay, very cool. I will get back to you because I want to know. <laughs> yeah, it, it's just interesting. But it, it's it, it, anyway, it's, it's good to know that yeah. you're at least getting some indication and if not necessarily the exact number of people who are seeing the tweets, you are you are able to looking at this gauge one tweet's compa- popularity and compare it to the engagement received from other tweets. Yes. So, for example, I'm I'm looking at a bar graph at the top, and it shows you mm-hmm. how many. And all of a sudden, you know, on average, it looks like I'm getting right around three thousand impressions. Uh, it, 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 yeah, three thousand impressions. But Friday, August 1st, I had 6,000 impressions. So that's a little thing here. And I'm wondering if it can tell me. So I can't click on the graph to find out what that was. So I but wonder you can if you can scroll down. And and what did I say that was? That was Friday, August, August 1st? Yes. So I am looking Friday, August 1st. Actually, you know, it, the bar graph at the top is actually giving you a breakdown of all your tweets for that day. And that's weird because I don't. Ha- I'm looking. There was only one, two, three tweets, and I'm adding the numbers in my head. And even though I'm really terrible at math, I know that doesn't equal six thousand. Hmm. And yet they're re- they're giving me six thousand fourteen. You're seeing three tweets. I'm seeing three tweets, and it's seven hundred eighty-five plus six hundred thirty-six. Which let's just round those up to a thousand each. So that's two thousand. And then there's three thousand. Uh, 628, 
So that's four thousand, five thousand, six twenty. Okay, so maybe they're just rounding up. Yeah, there's got mine's pretty. I'm I'm looking at mine, and I have three tweets that day as well, and my number's pretty close. So, well, I don't know. Actually, they're saying six thousand fourteen, but yeah, that those three numbers do not add up. Anyway, not a big deal. And there might be some extra visibility that they're they're not taking to, into account or something. So something I don't know. But anyway, so impressions. We we understand what that term means. We're 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 tracking on that. We know that this is showing us. But I mean, you can you can compare your tweets to your other tweets mm-hmm. based on impression alone. However, then engagements. This is what they are. Basically, an engagement is a total number that includes all of the above or all of the following. Okay. A click anywhere on your tweet, including nice. the hashtag, the link, the avatar, the username, or even expanding your tweet. Like if there was extra information in there, it also includes retweets, replies, follows, and favorites. That is So in other words, that's awesome. Every action that could possibly be taken uh other than maybe copying your your tweets uh, your tweets your tweets link and then embedding it somewhere, any action call to action or even non call to action that evokes an action is lumped up into this number. That's that's pretty awesome. That is good to know. And by the way, I do notice that if I hover over impressions, it says number of times a user saw the tweet on Twitter. Okay. So, so it so it may just be Twitter Mobile and Twitter dot com. Yeah, I anyway. hope not because well, anyway, it it, it doesn't make sense. <laughs> but, <laughs> but Twitter has been very exclusive when it comes to that. So who yeah. knows? So there you go. Um, so that engagement rate is the percent that the the engagement number is yeah. of the total number of impressions. Yeah, it, it, they're just doing quick division there to to find out the percentage. That's awesome. Um, and, and so basically, I'm looking here. It says your tweets earned 66,000 impressions over the last 28 days. That's 9.2% fewer impressions than the previous 28-day period. It's probably due to the fact that I haven't tweeted as much lately. Uh, your tweets, uh, so far today, your tweets have earned 2,000 impressions. This is lower than your last 28-day uh, aver- uh, average of 2.4,000 2. impressions per day. Um, engagements, uh, showing the last 28 days free frequency. So link clicks, it tells you, um, yeah, this is really good information. Well, here's, here's one more kicker. There's a, there's like three or four more big vaults of information inside here. Okay. One is if you up at the top where it has a little bird and says analytics and then tweets. Yeah. Click followers. Okay. So I'm clicking on followers. And it's loading. Nice. So, so now. Wow, this is like the old, what was that one service years ago? That, oh, you're right. What was it? Um, twi- Twitter, Twitter, lit- or, Twitter, I, anal- Twitter, Twitter, or something. Anyway, yeah. um, so you've got interests here. So I can see what the interests of my followers are. I have 48% are entrepreneurship, which makes sense. 43% uh, is business and finance, which makes sense. 43% is marketing and 36% is leadership. So in, in matter of fact, isn't that interesting because those are the exact things that I'm, I most want to be even known for. So, yeah. nice. so those are the, those are the top five unique interests of your followers. And then below that, you've got more, the top 10 interests of your followers, which are 
probably technology, tech news, entrepreneurship, leadership, etc. So let's see here. The top five most unique interests of your... So it's interesting that these are different. So the first one, it says these are the top five most unique interests of your followers. And then it's got the top 10 interests of your followers. So the top one is most unique. And then um, overall, it's, you know, technology, tech news, entrepreneurship, business. Interesting. Yeah. So it tells you what's unique about the people who are following you. Yeah, which is, it's good. It's good to know these things. I mean, uh, data-driven decision-making. Yep. What a concept. So, and then you've got location, so you can see where your followers are, if they're in the U.S. or other. (laughs) Yeah, so I absolutely, I see in the, I I have obviously more than two-thirds is the United States. California is my biggest uh, state and then Texas right behind Florida, Ohio, which actually that's pretty surprising mm. that Hawaii, Ohio has just as many as Florida. Uh, New York is pretty big and uh, Kansas. You know what's funny is that nowhere on here does it say Kentucky. <laughs> I don't have that either. <laughs> so. I have Indiana, but not Kentucky. Yep, me too. Uh, and of course, that's where I am. But uh, what, did, what did it say? A prophet's never accepted in his own home. There you hometown. go. Not that I consider myself to be a prophet or if any. Anyway, they meant P-R-O-F-I-T. Yes. Uh, so then gender, we've got that. And mine is definitely skewed male for yeah. sure. I'm 73% uh, male, 27% female. Or maybe that's my ratio of how man I am. I don't know. Um, <laughs> uh, and then Based your followers the that you're tweeting. You're, there you go. This is how this is the gender ratio of your tweets. Nice. <laughs> nice. Um, your followers also follow. This is pretty interesting because you can see who your followers are following. Like the top, uh, let's see, is it 10? Yeah, I, I believe so. Top 10 other people or other accounts that your followers are also following. Nice. So I got, you know, Chris Brogan in there, Gary V, John Acuff, Mari Smith, John Maxwell. So That's interesting. So basically, so basically the it must be based on what you follow. No, it's not because Hootsuite's, no, it's, it's, Hootsuite's number 1 and I don't follow yeah. Hootsuite. So these are giving the op- opportunity for you to follow the things that are most impacting the people who follow you. Well, and it's a good idea to be able to see, I mean, again, this, this, this list is based on your, your followers. So of your followers, I mean, do you, you probably, who, who do you see in there? That's uh, somebody you don't follow. Uh, I don't follow Gary V. Um, I do follow, I don't follow Mashable or Hootsuite. Um, let's see here. I do follow Michael Hyatt. I do follow Chris Brogan. I don't follow uh, Timothy Ferris or Richard Branson or Seth Godin or Guy Kawasaki. So there's a lot of people in there that I don't follow, but I certainly know who they all are. But look at that. You've got all those people who are kind of seen as thought leaders and you're being followed as well as them by these people. Nice. So, you know, draw your own conclusions. Um, (laughs) <laughs> you know what I love though is I, I love seeing the is that called a bell curve or but it, but the yes the, yes the growth curve of the number of people who follow you and I do see a, a steady a nice and very cool steady increase in the number of followers and what's cool is you can actually really quickly pick out if there's a spike yeah so there is one for me back around oh back around social media marketing world that makes sense yep so 
Very cool. I like this. Okay, so there's followers. What are Twitter cards? Twitter cards is the one thing that we can't really look in right now without having Twitter cards set up. However, (laughs) I am authorized to tell you that there's a great article on Social Media Examiner all about setting them up. And I can tell you some of the information that's in there from having access to their Twitter account. Some of the great stuff that you can find in there is what links of yours are most being tweeted, even if you're not being mentioned in those tweets. Oh, okay. That's very valuable because you can suddenly know, okay, well, even if I'm not being mentioned, I know what is basically my most popular content that's being transferred around out on this specific social network. Okay. So then maybe you could say, huh, maybe if I push that out every once in a while in a unique way, since I know it's popular, it's worth putting out there. Right. Uh, another one is, is influencers. And what's cool about that, and actually I'm going to just dip in here. One of the ways uh, that we've determined how to uh, know who is you know, s- spreading, it's not just the links, but now you can know who, um, who is sharing those links. That's also really cool because even if they're not men- me- uh, mentioning you, they can, uh, here it is, followers, uh, Twitter cards, and influencers. So I can see now who the top people are that are driving impressions of my content, our content, as well as URL clicks. Now, are Twitter cards something you pay for? No, they're free. You can set those up. In fact, as uh, you mentioned earlier in the show, Daniel J. Lewis, he is actually, because he's the, my, my podcast is part of his network, he is setting those up currently for my podcast site. So okay. I'm looking forward to being you, able to see that, that data. So is this something that I would install on my, on my web host? Uh, no, what it is, is there's some, there's, it's basically, uh, long and short of it is you go to, um, you click Twitter cards mm-hmm. here. I'll go back to, um, my account. You click Twitter cards. You say, get started now. Ah, okay. Yep. And then it's going to start to walk you through and you can say, try them. Oh, okay. And essentially what it is, is you're going to verify slash validate some metadata from your site and then you'll get approved. And then what's cool is from that point forward, if someone tweets out a link to your stuff, then it starts to have all this extra metadata that pulls into the tweet. Nice. So it's adding more rich, you know, data rich slash visual rich, maybe, um, so, for example, if a, if a social media examiner tweet gets tweeted from somebody else and not us, or even from us but without an image, you can click view and it'll open up and be much more um, robust. There'll be a summary of what the content is, even a large image, etc. So, this is very cool. I had Twitter no, cards cool. I had no idea that this Twitter analytics tool existed, other than the fact that. I heard that Twitter opened up analytics. I'm like, okay, but where do you go and get it? So this is extremely helpful. And and Eric, man, you can't wait so long to come onto the show because <laughs> how can I not know this? Yeah. This is awesome. So there's one more huge vault of information in here. Okay, tell us about it. Go If you go back to the very first screen uh, at analytics.twitter.com, mm-hmm. you click on tweets. Yep. 
and then over in the far upper right, export, export data. data. And if you hit that, it's going to export out a comma-separated value file, and it's going to go way far back into your tweets. And it's got many, many, many more columns. In fact, all those engagement things, uh-huh. all of the different components of that make up the engagement total, they're all listed there separately for each oh, tweet. Wow. Yeah, so you're going to be able to see, okay, that one tweet on that one day got this many retweets specifically, et cetera. And you can sort those then by you know top to large. So you could literally export this data sheet out and then sort all your tweets by all the different values and be able to see which one got the most retweets out of all of them, which one got the most URL clicks, et cetera. That's yeah. powerful data to have. Yeah. This is this is good stuff, and you know, and, and of course, this is a this is how all those services are able to go in and tell you, you know, what is the most what when do you get the most impressions on the tweets as far as time of day and and stuff like that. This, this is great stuff. Yeah, wonderful. This is awesome. Now, if 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 we were to stop there, Eric, we would have given people a ton to to walk away from this episode, and and they could literally spend an entire day figuring <laughs> yes. out. Uh, oh, Twitter cards and all this other wonderful stuff. But there's more. But wait, there's more. But wait, there's more. And I want to hear what the heck is an embeddable tweet on mobile? Now, first of all, I understand well, that I can go to Twitter.com and I can see a tweet and I can click in and find a, there's a way for me to take that and I can embed that tweet onto my website in a blog post or whatever the case will be. And it'll put it in a very nice looking format that that's just really elegant and also is dynamic, meaning that it can be interacted with uh, for people who are Twitter users. They can, re- you know, they can favorite it from the thing. They can share it, retweet it right from inside uh, my blog post. So I can even take my own tweet and embed it and make it a part of of my blog post. So I understand that's an embeddable tweet. But what is an embeddable tweet on mobile? Well, here's the thing: an embeddable tweet on mobile only available on Twitter mobile. Okay. So no other third-party apps. However, again, most third-party apps like our favorite TweetBot catch up pretty soon after a new feature is is installed or integrated. Uh, an embedded tweet within mobile is when you embed a tweet within a tweet. Huh? So here's the thing. Back in mid-June, Twitter announced this, and I was like, well, that's cool, but if I can only do it on mobile, then why does it matter? However, last week they they announced that it's now across the board on all Twitter.com and Twitter mobile applications. Okay. So what this means is, so in the chat room, I put a little Twitter status in there. Go check that out. All right, I am I'm pulling it up, and uh, for those of you who are listening live, I I, I can't tell you how to do this, but uh, just <laughs> we'll, I'll give you my reaction and explain what it looks like. Okay. Yeah. So I'm at twitter.com and slash Eric J. Fisher slash status. And it's got a, you know, a unique ID number for your tweet here. It says, this is a tweet. And just below it is kind of a embedded screen capture of this is a tweet within a tweet. See next tweet. (laughs) All right. So basically you, 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 you tweeted, this is a tweet within a tweet. See next tweet first. Yes. And then what you did is you embedded that into another tweet. And then I, right, beline, right below it, Ryan Ripley says, mind blown. <laughs> so here's the thing, Cliff. 
This kind of this is a cure for one of our pet peeves. The official retweet. The official retweet. And, and I, I can now put somebody else's tweet in my tweet by pulling the link to that tweet that I want to reference, and that just takes up that what twenty characters or twenty one characters I forget what as a as a link in a tweet. So literally. I've got, you know, all the rest of the space in this this secondary tweet. The this is a tweet tweet. Mm-hmm. Man, this sounds horrible for podcasting. But um, <laughs> if you follow along, essentially what I've done is I've pulled the link, the URL to one tweet, posted it in another tweet, and now I can put commentary on the one that I embedded. So basically, this gives you 140 characters to comment on a retweet. Exactly. But until this, now the thing is, is this is all fine and dandy if I'm on Twitter.com or on a mobile Twitter app. But however, I'm I I pulled up my phone here in front of me. I use Tweetbot, and I see this is a tweet, and then it's got link Twitter.com slash and and it's got a link to it, and then I open that up, and it still doesn't show anything. It just says this is a tweet. See next tweet. Um, but it, it, okay. So it is, what it's doing is it's actually showing the original tweet. Yeah. So, eh, maybe. so it's almost there. If the final implementation happens where yeah. other apps can use this, then I will probably retweet this way from that point forward. So how do you reach, how do you do this? Um, from the, let's just say I'm on my Twitter homepage and I see, a tweet from somebody and how can I actually do this from the web or do I have to do it from the mobile? So here's the, I can do it from the web watch here. Um, we both follow Pat Flynn. He just tweeted about 31 seconds ago. So I'm clicking on that 31 seconds and it takes me to the unique URL for his, that one tweet, okay. which he says, what's one online business or blogging pet peeve that you have when you visit other sites? So what I'm going to do is I'm going to go up to twitter.com slash Pat Flynn slash status slash lots of numbers, uh-huh. copy. Then I go back to into Twitter where it says compose a tweet. And I'm like, uh, let's see. Pat Flynn has a great question here, colon, and then uh, paste. And then I hit tweet. And now my tweet says Pat Flynn has a great question here, colon. And then it's a version his tweet. In all its glory. Now, how how many characters does that take up when? Because I see, because I just did that, and it, and it puts in a you know a little bit of a block quote, and it's got a script in there, mm-hmm. and all that stuff. Does that eat up? It doesn't. Well, here's the thing: I dropping in the URL for his tweet. It still says I have 117 characters left to talk. See, mine's not telling me how many characters I have left. But anyway, but so in other, we know this, all URLs in a tweet take up now the same amount of characters. Right. It's like 20 something. So you still have 117 characters and, yes. and you still get the full tweet link. Yeah. To- you can still see their entire full tweet instead of having to, you know, hit retweet on their tweet. You can now comment on their tweet and leave their tweet intact and make and have all so much more room. So th- yeah. I, I think this is great. I think once it's finally out there for everybody to use on yeah. all other apps, great. Yeah, especially w- when instead of just putting a link to the other tweet, it will show up in line 
as a as a you know attachment right below right. in let's say Tweetbot and some of the other tools it, that we it, use. It's, it's pretty seamless and 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 good looking. Uh, you know the the implementation is great on mobile and on Twitter.com. Sweet. The Twitter stuff is fine. It's the other third party stuff. Awesome. Well, Eric, this is amazing stuff. Thank you so much for bringing us up to date with social media and what's been going on since uh, you know we last spoke. And of course, we'll have you on more frequently. Uh, now that I'm in the new studio space and I think you're probably starting to get settled into some of your new routines and stuff like that. And uh, thank you so much, my friend. You are welcome. Thanks for having me. And well, my friends, that is going to wrap it up for this week's episode of Podcast Answer Man. And it looks like, oh my gosh, for the first time in a long time, I am wrapping up in under an hour. Hey, just reminder, next week, I will not be here in the live studio streaming way that I normally am. Uh, And in fact, I think there may not be an episode next week altogether just because I will be so busy in Dallas, Texas with all kinds of wonderful things going on with the podcast movement. Also, real quick reminder, if you want to, uh, one week from tomorrow on Friday, August 15th, I still have my next level one day mastermind event. Uh, There are at the time that I am recording this, there are five spots that are still open for that. Uh, but we do have five amazing people with some uh, wonderful goals that I know are going to be met and exceeded during that day. And I am confident that if you have an online business and you want to take it to the next level, this will be one of the greatest investments that you could possibly make. To sit around this table with these people and to share your struggles, your goals, whatever it is you want to accomplish, whatever area of your business you want to take to the next life, I'm 100% confident that you will look back at this as a day that your life changed. These are life-changing, transformational events. And if you want to have more information, just go over to podcastanswerman.com slash next level. Again, podcastanswerman.com slash next level. And if you want to sign up, go ahead and submit your application. Also, I will be at the Podcast Movement Conference doing the closing keynote uh, for the event. And I am very excited about my talk. Uh, The preparations are slow and laborious, but I'm trying to make sure that I create uh, a, a talk that is worthy of being a closing keynote to set the stage of what to do with all that wonderful information and knowledge that you've gained from this amazing two-day experience. So um, if you're the praying type, I certainly ask that you be praying for me as I really want to over-deliver on on people's expectations. I don't know what their expectations are, but I know what mine are, and I pray that I can even possibly over-deliver on my own. And... Uh, hoping that it'll be a very inspirational talk and that people walk away really convinced that they can and they will make the world a better place through their podcasting efforts one person at a time. Oh, let's see here. I think that's going to wrap it up. I could talk about other things, but uh, oh, you know what? One other thing, podcasting A to Z. Podcasting A to Z, my final session for 2014 coming up. It starts on Monday, September 1st. If you want to join us, head over to podcastinga2z.com. Again, podcastinga2z.com. There are 11 people already registered. Sign up today. Helping you to get the thing you do to the next level.
And if you're coming to Dallas, I'll see you there. Podcast at Samantha.